Coaches, before we get started today, we have an amazing offer for you. PGC Basketball Shooting Colleges are live this fall. You can go to shootingcollege.com to register for $0. Absolutely free. We've waived the $95 fee at shootingcollege.com. Many sessions are already full, but there is still some availability. So if you'd like to become a better coach, hone your skills, go to shootingcollege.com, sign up, and we'll see you at one of our sessions this fall. If you have a player that wants to come, they can also go to shootingcollege.com and type in HH50 for $50 off, and you can have your players attend for a $50 discount. Hope to see you there. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals achievers. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive with the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to the Hardwood Hustle broadcast here in Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, alongside TJ Rosine. Today, TJ, three tips for better practices. But before we do, let's give a quick shout-out and see what's new with our friends over at Shot Tracker. Yeah, Adam, at Shot Tracker, did you know that you could actually track this, which is my favorite thing to track? Hmm. Uh, but it's one of the things that uh, Shot Trackers made simple and easy to track, optimal lineups. You know, like, what wins? You know, when you're recruiting, a lot of times you're like, who, who wins the most pickup games? When you're playing in practice, who wins? And uh, now rather than guessing who wins, you can get the optimal lineups and know who gives you the best chance to win. Awesome. Good, good stuff. TJ, uh, continuing this little three-part series, I guess. Um, it wasn't an intentional series, but kind of is building out that way. Uh, three tips for better practices. If you missed the first two episodes with TJ kind of spearheading three tips for a better offense or three tips for better defense, you need to go back and listen to those and grab your notepad because there's a ton of information that TJ shares. And TJ, I love what you're doing here. These aren't just your, your typical standard cliche tips here. You're trying to be very personal, things that, that you look for, very personal to you. Um, let's jump into it. Three tips for better practice, TJ. Yeah, here's my first one, which is, again, going to be off the wall a little bit, but my tip is make it emotional. Um, And I see this all of the time as you're watching practices all over the place, and it's just you're, you're clocking in and you're clocking out. And we're all emotional beings, you know what I mean? And we all, um, you know, I, I get it. There's time for seriousness. There's time to be locked in. There's time to have fun. There's time to, you know, be frustrated. There's time. But I really think, like, all of these emotions play out in games, so they should play out in practice. And most of the time, I think people try and really be heavy-handed, organized in their practices and don't let these emotions play out. And I'll go a step further. I think coaches should be emotional with their players. I think they should laugh and have fun. I think they should be very serious. I think they should let their frustrations be known. Like, I think if there's an emotion that's going to be had in a game, it should be had in practice. And I think it makes players more real to you when they see those emotions and they don't expect the same thing like, Clock set to two minutes, make X number of shots, move on, da 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 
Like I think that that works in some aspects, and some days maybe you're meant for that. But too many times it's just like clocking in and clocking out. And I've said it a thousand times: basketball is the greatest game on earth. And I don't want my players to clock in and clock out. You mm. know, I, I want them. To, I want them to be invested in the journey. And I think part of the investment is letting them know you're emotionally invested in this, so they'll be emotionally invested in it. How do you address when you don't see the emotions, right? Are you, you quick to kind of pull the trigger on that to address it? You know, if you feel like this practice is feeling lifeless, there's a lack of energy, a stale air in the, the gym, um, go you know, after it? Well, yes, but here's the first thing I do is take accountability for myself. You know, like, what am I not doing? Like, am I dry? Am I tired? Am I, you know, whatever? Um, rather than I think most of the time they're not ready. They're, they ain't ready, you know? Um, maybe you weren't ready, you know? And I think coaches, if they were honest with themselves, they're not ready for every practice. You know, I've been there. I've been to that place. And it's our job to get juiced up and get ready to go. But I'm not even talking about just being emotionally, like, you know, spirit is a non-negotiable of a championship team. But I'm talking about all the emotions. I'm talking about, like, you know, the, the pain of loss in practice. The game was so competitive. There was so much on the line that it hurts. Um, I'm talking about any emotion that you could possibly feel in the course of a game being felt in practice. And I think coaches have to share in that, like have to be invested. Uh, you know, for coaches, maybe it's a, a game to four where uh, the two assistants each coach a team. There's something on the line for the two of them, you know, like how invested are they? How serious are they about getting to five first? Uh, I think those those type of things are exciting for players. They never know what's coming. They don't know. They have to react. They have to feel different things. And so I, I try and do as much of that as possible. And if there's some type of emotion missing from a practice, um, and again, you don't have to hit all 15 emotions in one practice. You know, it doesn't have to happen like that. But at the same time, if it's one emotion felt every day over and over again, I don't think it's realistic. Hmm. I think this fuels the growth of a family as well, TJ. Right when, when you can be real and vulnerable with each other in the practice environment where obviously you're going to spend more time on the practice court than you are in the game court, right, in, in game time, you, you create that emotion and you allow for that vulnerability and you kind of um, help create it. Yeah. Uh, n- not falsely create it, but help just kind of create that type of environment. It's going to help build that culture. It's going to build that camaraderie and that unity within your team that much greater. Yeah, and I think you can build these things in. Like I've shared before, like in the pre-huddle, we do Tough Tuesdays. People share hard things that are going on in their life. Well, there's going to be times before a game when somebody's girlfriend breaks up with them, when something's not going well at home. They're overwhelmed from a test. Tough Tuesday are people sharing things that aren't going well, and the start of practice is more somber, you know, and that's a good. We need to know how to bounce back and step up and have a good practice even when we're somber. Thankful Thursday, where, where players are talking about everything they're thankful for, the emotion of practice is usually it's vibrant. High. Yeah. yeah, it's vibrant. And so it's like we come out and they're ready to go. and da, da, da. That's like being amped up for a game. And so I think you can help create those emotions within your players. But, I mean, all of them prepare you. Uh, they're human beings, they're, especially when they're young. I mean, gosh, high school kids, college kids, they're super emotional. And you wish they would show up professional to every game, but they're not. They're going to show up hurt. They're going to show up sad. They're going to show up mad. They're going to show up excited, overexcited. They're going to show up a lot of different ways, and you've got to create that in your practice. Tip number two, TJ. First tip, making it emotional. Second tip is? Second, it fits into that. Scheduling um, intangible things. You know, like one of the things I put outside of our practice, no matter what the drill is, like let's just say it's shell drill. 
we might focus on a on a on an intangible. So like we'll say Shell Drill's focus today is spirit. Shell Drill's focus on Tuesday is communication. Shell Drill focus on Wednesday is precision. You know, like we share at PGC shape, spirit, communication, hustle, approach, precision, enhancement. If every day of the week we just changed one letter and made Shell Drill about that, it would look different every single day. Mm-hmm. But intangibles, and if you want these from players, we talk about always trying to make better players, smarter players, players that bring the things that you want great leaders to bring or you want great teammates to bring. You have to schedule these things in. I think most people teach basketball, and they really skimp on teaching the intangibles of the game. I think you need to have it a part of every practice plan. As what, what are we trying to teach here? What are we trying to get done? What intangibles are we working on? Even if it's 50-50, you know, every drill has an intangible. Every drill has a purpose and a focus we're trying to get better at. But most of the time, I think it's 90-10. I think it's 100-0. I very seldom think it's 50-50. Do you see vast improvement on the intangibles as you go through the process because of it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think anything you're intentional about teaching, anything you're intentional about living out, like that's what they're doing. They're soaking it up. They're learning from you. And so... You know, it's, it's, I mean, I think the question, not to be a smart aleck, but if you do ball handling every single day, do you see any improvement? Yeah, you see improvement, right? Why wouldn't you see improvement in the other things? And so um, I just think they're undertaught. Mm-hmm. But if they are taught, then you're going you're gonna to like the benefits of what's coming to your team through those. I, I think sometimes the, the intangibles may not be taught because people don't think there is improvement to them. They don't think these things can be necessarily taught, or maybe they just don't understand how to teach it, so yeah. they ignore it. I think the first part of it is acknowledging that the intangibles are a skill. They're as teachable as ball handling, passing, and shooting. Now, sometimes I think that trips coaches up. It does. It, it, and now, are they hard? They're hard. And so why do people shy away from them? Three different reasons I'll give you. One, they don't acknowledge that they're a skill. Uh, I think the second thing, why, why people don't do it, they don't know how to teach the skill. Right? They don't know how to improve. They don't know how to make it. That's what... We do at PGC. That's what you do at Lead Them Up. That's what you know. There's 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 things out there that can help you be a better teacher of these skills. And the third thing is it's hard. It's easier to put somebody through a ball handling drill. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to teach intangibles. Now, the benefit of your ball handling drill is somewhat minimal. You're going to get a little bit better over time, right? The benefit of teaching the intangibles is maximum. You know, you're getting a big bang for your buck. But like anything else, the harder it is, the more probably worth it it is. But a lot of times we negate those or step away from them for one of those three reasons I just mentioned. I like com- I, I love this idea of combining the intangible teaching in addition to the skill work, right? Or in, in addition to the exercise. Listen, as coaches, shouldn't we be trying to maximize our exercises and our drills, right? This is just an additional way to add value and to produce more from the same drill that you've been doing time and time again. TJ, before we get into tip number three... Real quick, let's take a halftime break with our friends over at TeamSnap. Thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap for today's halftime communication tip. Coaches, it's extremely important that you communicate and address frustrations on your team. If you get the sense that fellow coaches or your players are frustrated about certain things in your program, it is extremely important to not ignore it, but to go after and address it. See, when you ignore frustrations, the care goes down. And we do not want that. We don't want our players ever getting in a situation where they don't care as much because they're frustrated and they feel like no one's hearing their frustrations. So make sure as a communicator and as a leader, you address those frustrations to make sure the care is always on the rise. 
Thanks to our friends over at Team Snap. Make sure you check out teamsnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about the communication app, helping bring everyone together from coaches, parents, and players all season long, getting everyone on the same page. That's teamsnap.com backslash hustle. TJ, tip number three yeah. to better practices. Where are you going with the this? The win. The win. The win. I, the win. I think win. so many times coaches go into practice and there's just a list of drills that are about to be done. You know, if you're going to have 100 practices over the course of a season, if you were just to pick out one thing your team was absolutely going to get better at in that practice and you were focused on making sure they did that, and I'll give you a couple ways to do it in a second, but if you were focused on that happening – you would be blown away with the results. I think most of the time we walk away with do a bunch of drills and they're like, what, what, what do we get better at? What was the focus of the day? And they're like, uh, ball handling, shooting, competing, da, da, da. you know what I mean? There's a thousand different things and not, nothing wrong with doing multiple drills and doing multiple things. But if you go into a practice and here's a, a way is at the top of our practice plan, we put like two things. What is the intangible win for the day? And what is the physical win for the day? And at the end of practice, I'd like to be able to put my arm around a player and say, what did we physically get better at as a team today? And then to be able to say, without a doubt, passing. What did we get better as a team intangibly today? Without a doubt, spirit. I'd like for them to be able to answer that question. I would like for them to know and feel a sense of accomplishment that we walked away better in these two categories. If you go through 80 practices and every day they've got, you've got five, ten different answers, I don't know if you locked in and you got focused on getting better at anything. Yeah, if, you have too, yeah, if you have too many focal points, you don't really have a focal point. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and you know we do the daily priming and talked about that before. We share three wins for the day. We want to be very specific with the wins for today because you want to be able to measure it and be able to tangibly hold on to say yes we improved in these areas and know exactly the win for the day tj when you kind of narrow it down i think it just it changes the whole perspective not just for you as a coaching staff but for the players right i think they can go harder and give more to those things when they know that there's these few wins that we're focused on today yeah and i think that's a huge difference maker Right, because if I'm a player and I know specifically, man, today's win is spirit and today's win is passing. Like those two things, you've eliminated so many other things that could distract me today, right? And and taking me from being stretched to try to think I need to master all these different things, but allowed me and gave me the opportunity to focus. Which I think, from a player's perspective, it's almost like thank you, coach. Mm-hmm. Thank you for simplifying things, for streamlining things today. Where I've just got to focus on spirit and passing, and I know if I do that, then I'm honoring what our objective was today. That'd be a sense of relief, yeah, from a player's perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you can be really organized in this too. I mean, I, let me just give you an example. Um, you know, uh, all right, opening huddle. Right, you go to the open huddle with your players, and you say, "Hey, listen, uh, I've got a question before we get started today. Uh, give me a player in the NBA that you just you rally around because they play with so much emotion and spirit, and they start throwing out names. What do you love about them? I love this about them. Give them a quote. A quiet gym is a losing gym, guys. We don't want to be a losing gym. Let's bring spirit today. 
let's step into practice. All right, stretching. First thing we're going to do in stretching right here, we're going to have some sort of spirit. We're going to go into the shell drill. Okay, what we're going to do in shell drill, today's focus is spirit and energy. We're going to be loud and passionate about what we do. Okay, let's go into a shooting drill. Guys, it's easy to be quiet when you're shooting. I need passers to be really spirited. I need you to give them confidence. I need to say, Adam, knock it down every time. You you constantly just work over the course of practice. You have a really spirited practice. People are practicing this the entire time. They knew from the get-go that you were talking about NBA players, so that was the focus. You told them a quote. It's a losing gym. It's a quiet gym. It's a losing gym, so we're not going to be a losing gym. You remind them five times throughout practice, guys, it's getting quiet in here. Quiet gym's a losing gym. Throughout the hour and a half, two-hour practice, all they ever heard is we've got to be a spirited basketball team. They're going to lock into that. They're going to be focused. Adam, put my arm around you at the end. What do we get better at today? Coach, our spirit was great. We mm. worked on spirit today. Mm. And you leave, and you know what you accomplished, and you did something special. They knew what they had to accomplish. They knew it was reminded to them over and over again. It was taught in each and every drill. It left an impression. Yeah, yeah. You've, got, you've got a more spirited team. And you walk away, and rather than walking away saying, yeah, we did our ball handling, we did our shooting, we did our passing, whatever, you know, and, and the practice is over. Listen, I tell you, as a player, you love – and you enjoy the process of seeing your team grow, right? So in a situation like that, seeing your team grow in spirit, as a player, you get excited for that. Players want to be a part of growth. They want to be a part of a team coming together. Man, if I'm sitting back in an environment like that, I'm excited. I'm excited watching it build and build and build and build and build. And as you go through, you know, we're, we're building something together, man. That's a special feeling. Those are the feelings when you walk off the court and you know you have won. You walk off with this, this joy, right? There's this passion. There's this, man, I, I really enjoy this team. I enjoy my, my teammates. I, man, this is fun. This is really, really good. I I think if you're not clear on establishing what those wins are, it's harder for a player to walk off the court with that sense of feeling of accomplishment, right? Because they're they're not quite sure. They think it, but they don't fully know. So I, I can't emphasize enough, simplifying your practices can be a sense of relief for your players. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think when, uh, I think, I think there's two, 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 you know, quick thoughts on that. One is players want to know what's got to get done. They feel just more empowered when they know that. And the second thing is, is I think they like the mix up, you know, rather than every practice being the same, like, okay, I'm going to lock in a spirit. Okay. I'm going to lock into communication. I think they like that better than every day. We got to bring it. We got to bring it. Let's bring spirit. Come on. We got a passion. I think, I think it's a broken record sometimes. And, and I think they like new challenges. I, I, it, I agree. I mean, I think nine times out of ten, most coaches, we got to bring it today. Hey, we need great practice. All right, we need to bring it. It's like, I, what, what does that even mean? Like, like, what does that look like? Yeah. Right? Like, I, I agree. And, and listen, coaches, hopefully this challenge you to maybe uh, approach practice with a different perspective. And, and if that is the case, then this podcast accomplished one of its goals. Coaches, we'd love to get your thoughts on this. You can always send us a tweet at one underscore hustle. We love interacting and, and getting feedback. I am Adam. He is TJ. Together, we are the hustle. Till next time, we're out.